the Dog and Bone. Welcome to the Dog and Bone, a series of podcasts brought to you by Propeller Group, the specialist agency that builds profile and helps grow business for companies in media, marketing, retail and technology. I'm Martin Lote, founder of Propeller and curator of the Dog and Bone. Welcome to the third of three Dog and Bone specials recorded by Propeller at Advertising Week Europe. In this episode, we try something new, a relay race of questions from one person to another. We grab some of the industry bosses amid the hustle and bustle of the event and ask them to answer a question set by the previous person. They then had to ask their own question for the next guest. The chain of questions and answers shows what's on the mind of industry leaders. Learn what gets people out of bed in the morning, what people would change about the media industry, and what's the best way to measure a creative idea. Among the people featured, we have Amanda Farmer, Managing Director of VML YNR, Sir John Hegarty, co-founder of BBH and Chairman of Whaler, and Keith Moore, Chief Marketing Officer at Santander UK. Let's hear how they tackled this unique question. Hi, my name is Anthony Lawson, Director of Sales at Activision Blizzard Media. My question is, what do you think the future of gaming is for advertising? I'm Suzanne Fidlake, I'm the Commercial Editor at Campaign. I've no idea what the future of gaming is in advertising. As a mother of a 15-year-old boy, I'm pretty terrified of gaming, really. Tried to steer him away from it as much as possible, haven't quite succeeded, but um, I think gamification for brands generally is a really interesting area. I mean, it's, it's one that's you know been in the news for, for many a year, but I don't think it's gone away. I don't think it will go away. I think that's just part of the human condition. Not quite the question you asked, but you know that's my gamified answer by somehow sidestepping. Right brain thinkers are going to take over the world. Agree? It's Shingy, Verizon Media, Digital Profit. Are right brain thinkers going to take over the world? I mean, the answer to that immediately to me is no. And the reason I say that is, look, machines are great, awesome, 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 but they're here to tell you what to do, not how to do it. The how to do it is the human DNA. That relies us to have a subtlety in the DNA of us as being humans that I don't think machines can really understand. You need the subtlety and nuances of the human. Well, but what a, what a head-scratcher of a question. Thanks whoever asked that bloody question. Jeez. If we find that generations of youth who are appealing to advertisers tend to grow up acting like the parents that they said were not relevant, where in this whole landscape do we think that reflections of the past influence the future as we see these generations start to change their behaviours but not their needs. Whoever's going to answer that, good bloody luck. So I'm Jonathan Kitchen, I'm Commercial Director at Jungle Creations. That is a tough one but I've, I've been working in media for just over 20 years and uh, again, so you could argue, you know, from the past I worked in print, I worked for a traditional publishing company but now I'm the Commercial Director of a social first business which is right at the cutting edge of kind of social media content um, so what I would say there is my experience actually fits brilliantly with that kind of business uh, because whilst I'm surrounded by lots of amazing talented people every day I'm also bringing a real level of experience from my past if you like but I'm always learning all the time as well so bring those two things together and I think that can work really well so that's where the past is influencing the future in the new world of um, you know kind of with social multi-platform Facebook Instagram so basically social media world what makes great content 
I'm Amanda Farmer. I'm the managing director of VML YNR. I think it's content that connects with people on an emotional level, and that content can be either entertaining, so it's made me smile, it's something I'd share, it's something I'd talk about, or it's useful, so it's providing me a service or a utility, or ultimately it's empathetic. So it understands me, it's showing me that it understands me. And I think that's what makes good content in the new social media world. What's the best piece of advice you were ever given? My name is Raveline Beeston and I am UK Head of Sales for Bing. The best piece of advice I was given is it doesn't matter how you got there. When you're there, use everything in your power to make the most of it. And just to, I think that can apply to many situations, but the, the scenario that I'm talking about is there's a lot of emphasis in our industry at the moment around diversity and inclusion. And when I think of myself, I tick a lot of the diversity and inclusion boxes, right? I'm a female, I'm from an ethnic minority, I'm a parent. And I remember having a conversation with somebody about, I got into this role, it's not the role that I'm in right now, but I was like, you know, am I being asked to do this because I kind of, I'm the, the token person in the room that ticks all the boxes? Or is it because I'm, I'm the most capable person of doing it? And I'd spoken to this person about it and they turned around to me and said, there are people that got into those positions with far less. And you could either spend all your time wondering that, or you could spend your time making sure you use your voice when you're in that room, and B, making it easier for everyone behind you to get in that room. And I think that was one of the best pieces of advice that someone gave me, because it really made me think about how do we use our privileges? Do we use them for good? And if not, why not? I would like to ask the next interviewee, how do they spend their privilege? I'm Heidi Stammer from OMR, Head of Strategy and Operations. Well, it's an interesting question because it's very subjective. You know, someone like me, you can easily think, I don't have privilege. You know, I'm a kid from a small farm in, in the Midwestern US. Uh, without a, you know a lot of money in my family and I kind of worked my way up but then I think you acknowledge like I had a safe community I had um, parents that prioritized education you know I went to Harvard for business school so I definitely have privilege um, and I think that there is a responsibility that comes with that I think for me one of the most important ways is to leverage my position and my voice to advance um, different causes or to help bring people up with me. Um, so for instance, for me as a woman, I've made it a priority to really focus on recruiting women into roles when I'm hiring for positions. So I think doing everything you can within your own position. I think there's a lot of awareness now around the lack of women in leadership roles. People are getting tired of seeing the management board with all male except for the chief uh, human resources officer. It's kind of discouraging that we're in this day and age still stuck in this rut. And so I'd be interested to hear from other people of how they think, what are some really um, tactical things that we can do in the industry to promote women and to advance them into more leadership roles. It's Tim Burrows and I'm the founder and content director of Mumbrella, a media marketing website in Australia. Firstly, 
I'm profoundly uncomfortable claiming to be any part of the solution when I'm already in the privileged role of uh, being on the, the, the gender side, which, which gets more benefits. Uh, I think one of the things that certainly people can do within industry events is decline to speak on uh, panels which are not gender balanced, uh, certainly where, where, where there are panels with only one speaker. That's a very practical thing. It's a policy that we have with all of Mumbrella's events in Australia is we do not have single gender panels anymore. And then tactically within the industry, so much we look to leadership from the industry groups. You know, in the end, they're the ones with the power that can bring about changes. You know, we've heard Advertising Week about things like the Time 2 campaign, which is obviously about sexual harassment. In the end, to, to really get change, it takes industry bodies to come together or leadership groups to come together and give people the power to make change that individuals can't necessarily make happen. Tell me about the worst day of your professional career. I'm Eddie Bray, the Head of Programmatic Trading and Sales at The Guardian, and the worst day of my professional career was probably the first time I gave a keynote speech. I was absolutely worried sick and felt incredibly underprepared. Uh, it happened to be abroad as well, so just being in a foreign environment isn't the most conducive. Being in a hotel room with just a corgi trouser press for company, just not, not the ideal surroundings, but um, managed to survive. In the time you've been in the industry, how do you think it's developed for the worse? I'm John Mew, the CEO of the IAB. We've become a, an industry of clickheads. We're obsessed with chasing clicks and metrics that aren't always the most important thing. What I'd like to ask the next person is how do they think the industry is developed for the better? Hi there, I'm Gavin Sturr. I'm VP of Partner Services at OpenX here in Europe. Um, over the last couple of years, uh, we've seen a lot more legislation and attention from kind of regulatory legislators, lawmakers um, in Europe. The biggest change that we've seen is GDPR. And much as that's created a lot of pain points for the industry, I also think that we are we are now probably for the first time in the, the almost 20 years I've been in ad tech, we really do take privacy, consent, and uh, our rights to do things with data that we have permission for much more seriously. And I think you know that's that's a great that presents some great opportunities looking forwards, because for the first time we have technology that's being built with privacy by design, being a concept that's being obeyed kind of from the outset, um, and that's never been the case in the past. How has GDPR affected you and your business, and is that a positive thing? My name's Luke Benyon. I'm head of marketing at Video Intelligence. Well, we're in the business of contextual video and context is a way of targeting that doesn't require first-party data. So we've found a huge volume of publishers are interested in using contextual video uh, because it means they don't need to pass on first-party data and they don't get caught up in the mess that is uh, data legislation around GDPR. Likewise, advertisers want to target via context through things like PMPs because they don't need to buy first-party data or amalgamate data uh, of users and and you know another thing worth saying about context it's actually one of the oldest forms of targeting if you'd buy an advertising placement in a magazine you'd buy it based on the context whether it's a fashion mag or a lads mag or a sports mag and we're just basically going back to that proven method 
now that the the sort of uh, craze around uh, addressable and, and user-centric data has somewhat subsided as a result of GDPR, but also things like the Cambridge Analytica scandal, Facebook and YouTube's continuing refusal to play by the rules. Um, so yeah, GDPR, I think, is just one of the symptoms of a culture that is moving towards uh, less user-focused targeting and more contextual targeting. How do you think creativity and advertising technology can live together? Hi, it's Celine Satanino. I'm Chief Commercial Officer at Total Media, the behavioural planning agency. I'm going to be a bit cheeky and say that I think there are lots of opportunities for us to start to pre-test creative now, to understand how people respond to creative emotionally, um, using things like biometric technology, um, eye tracking studies and those sorts of things. They're hugely, hugely valuable. What the next kind of phase for those is the ability to automate that insight into um, advertising technology and um, how we plan and buy media. So we can do that instinctively, but we can't do that in an automated fashion. And I think that's the next biggest opportunity. So whilst it doesn't exist now, that's a, the big opportunity. If there was one thing you could change about the advertising industry, what would it be? Hi, my name's Amy Williams. I'm the founder and CEO of Goodloop. We're an ethical advertising platform. And if there was one thing I could change about the advertising industry, it would be making it more accessible to young people, getting people, both graduates and even younger, into roles, uh, paying internships and um, better awareness of the ad industry at, at universities and at schools. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? My name is Pete Elmara Kane. I'm the general manager of LoopMe based in London. And the worst piece of advice I was ever given was to do what you were told because I think you should always push those boundaries and do what you believe is right. I would like to ask the next speaker if he could go back to the 21-year-old version of himself and give one piece of advice for the future, what would it be? I'm Chris Babioti, the Managing Director of EMEA for the Mobile Marketing Association, the MMA. If I was 21, I would say to myself that your career will not be in a straight line. It'll all be about joining the dots once you look back and see where you went from role to role, company to company, and really enjoy and be glad about that. What events would you like to speak at? What type of event does it need to be? And if you're not a marketer, what needs to happen in an event for you to be a sponsor of that event? Uh, hi, it's Steve Filler, General Manager Europe for Uvu. It's around focus and it's yeah, for, and the appeal would be an event where I knew people were going to get hands on with the content and really kind of get engaged and involved rather than it being more of a, a lean back experience because then I think your brand and business can come to the forefront and you can be the facilitators of a conversation rather than kind of more passive sponsorship. When I came Monday it was clear that sort of diversity and inclusion was really sort of front and centre this year. Uh, my question would be, what would you expect to be front and centre of the event this time next year? Martin Lote, Chairman of Propeller and Upfront Business Development. Well, I would really like it to be advertising, creative advertising. It's called Advertising Week. I haven't actually seen an advertisement on stage yet. I would like to see more emphasis on creating ads as well as technology around them. Given the emphasis on data and measurement, what's the best way to actually measure creative ideas? 
Hi, it's John Higgerty here. You can't measure a creative idea, and that's the brilliance of a creative idea, because you don't know where it can go. And that's the exciting thing about it. The thing that you have to do is, do you love it? Do you think it's great? Do you think it's exciting? If you do, back it. Measurement of it, how do you measure a Picasso? How do you measure what it can possibly do? It's not just a painting, it's bigger than that. How do you measure a book? It's much bigger than that if it's a great book. What you're trying to do is create an idea that goes beyond the parameters of the brief that you were given. What do you do when you're not working in the advertising industry? Hello, my name is Victoria Sinclair, Client Engagement Director from Chell. The one thing I do outside of work is basically be a, be a mum. I have a three-year-old son who um, takes up a lot of time, so work five days a week and also look, looking after him is pretty much what I do. I'd like to ask the um, next interviewee, well, if you're an agency, how do you engage your staff to make sure they're always learning? And um, if you're a marketer, what do you really hate about agency events? Hello, so I'm Kate Cox. What I really hate about agency events is not getting invited to them. I would like to ask the next interviewee, what's the creepiest bit of technology that they have personally experienced and how did it make them feel? I'm Nick White, online director at Samsung UK. The tech that I found most creepy is when retargeting started maybe seven or eight years ago and when it just completely followed me around the web for something I was browsing on internet. I feel like most consumers had no idea how this happened, uh, why it was happening, and just wanted to leave me alone. So I think that when it first started, whatever the time was, eight, ten years ago, I think that's probably the most creepy. And because I know who the uh, next new interview is going to be, um, and he's been very successful in his job for a very long time, um, what I'd like to ask him is, the average tenure of a CMO is three to four years, and he's been in his job um, significantly more than that. What, what, How has he been successful? What tips and advice could he share with his... Um, with listeners. Hello, my name is Keith Moore. I'm Chief Marketing Officer at Santander in the UK. Uh, the reason I've been in my CMO job for so long is fundamentally because I love it. And I think if you love a job and you put your heart and soul into it and you have that passion, then it really, really helps you be successful. I think a lot of people can get tired of what they're doing and not seek and explore for new ways of growing the job bringing new things to the table and I've always had that mindset so I think that's why I love my job it allows me to explore and grow and learn and that's I think the key to success just keeping growing and learning and never thinking you need to stop what is the one thing about your job that gets you out of bed in the morning I'm Adam Harris director of customer solutions for twitch twitch is the world's leading live social uh, streaming platform what gets me out of bed in the morning? Well, it is, in fact, the, the live element. The li live is so exciting. To try and educate brands on experiencing live and being able to interact with viewers in a live environment and doing it in a meaningful way is a real challenge because brands are used to kind of a polished YouTube-like environment. But they know that the young digital natives, they want their media to be immediate. They want it to be reactive. They want it to be an active experience. So my, my job is really exciting because I have to try and educate brands on how do you do this in an, un, how do you operate in an unfiltered world, but in a meaningful and brand safe way. How do you think 5G is going to change the world? Hi, I'm Harsh Kapadia. I'm the Executive Creative Director of VML YNR London. I think things will get faster, things will get better, which means, you know, more stuff for us to do as an industry, but more importantly, 
people, the expectations that people will have on how content gets served to them, how much content gets served to them, and how much choice they get will be even more, which means more fun to be had. Thanks for joining us on The Dog and Bone. Please subscribe to the podcast, and if you have any questions or suggestions, do get in touch via our website, dogandbone.dog, or send us an email at woof at dogandbone.dog.